0: Hello, my friends in sports history. This is Darren Hayes of the Sports Jersey Dispatch. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal to all things great in team sports history. And we're going to talk today about July 1st and all the great sports events that happened on this day. We have a lot of old school today. Most of these dates are before uniform numbers were worn in baseball and football and basketball and other sports. And some have to do with some of the the team and foundations and stadiums. So let's get right at it. July 1st, 1859, the very first intercollegiate baseball game was played as Amherst defeated Williams 73-32 in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. I'm not quite sure they had the whole concept down on how to get somebody out with a score like that, but according to Sabre.org article, uh, quote, Amherst College was founded with Zephina Swift Moore, president of Williams College in Williamstown in the extreme northwest corner of western Massachusetts. Well, she resigned after a dispute over the school's isolated location. Moore took 15 students with him and started an institution in the town of Amherst some 60 miles to the east. To this day, Williams students and alumni regard those from the upstart Amherst as renegades, quote, the defectors of 1821, unquote. Well, the game was played under the Massachusetts rule in 1859, otherwise known as round ball. Some aspects of the variation of baseball include the fact that all ground was fair. There was no foul territory. Runners could be put out by being hit by a thrown ball, and a single out ended each inning. Sounds a lot like my kickball games in my neighborhood when I was a kid. It didn't really get measured by an amount of innings or frames, as they were called them, but just by a predetermined score in this case, the number was 65. Well, the lopsided 73 to 32 score though uh, gave uh, the Amherst gave Williams, which in fact went over the agreed upon 65 run limit during a 10-run 26 inning. Remember by rule, the innings were just one out long, and three and a half hours to play that game really pretty much equaled the length of a modern game. And the saber post also included the fact that all in all Quote, there were only two fewer outs recorded than in a modern nine-inning contest we have today, unquote. But July 1st, 1910, the Chicago White Sox Park, which was later called Comiskey Park, opened up for some business of baseball. The St. Louis Browns beat those White Sox 2 to nothing in that game. July 1st, 1916, Pittsburgh shortstop Honus Wagner, at the ripe old age of 42 years and four months, hit the ball hard and ran like the wind in Cincinnati to become the oldest player to hit an inside-the-park home run. The Bucko needed that run too that day as they won over the Reds by the score of two to one. And maybe, possibly, there was a little bit of revenge exactly one year later when these same two teams met on July 1st, 1917, as the Reds' Fred Tony pitched two complete games in a doubleheader, which were both victories over those same Pirates, and he allowed only three hits in each game, fewest allowed by any pitcher winning two Major League Baseball games in one day. And on that same day in New York, July 1st, 1917, It was a direct breaking of New York State blue law as the Brooklyn Robins, who later became the Dodgers, played their first Sunday MLB game in Brooklyn. The owner and manager was arrested but escaped with a fine as the Robins edged Philadelphia by the score of 3-2. July 1st, 1920, the Washington Center's pitcher, legend legendary Walter Johnson, no-hit the Boston Red Sox, 1-0 as a score at Fenway Park. Unbelievably, this was the only no-hitter of his illustrious career. Hmm, that's interesting. July 1st, 1920, that same day, the St. Louis Cardinals became the renting tenants of their American League counterpart, the St. Louis Browns, as the Cards abandoned Robinson Field midway through the MLB season and returned to Sportsman Park. In July 1, 1931, Cleveland Municipal Stadium, home of the MLB Indians and NFL Browns, opened up with 78,189 in seating capacity and the old stadium was demolished in 1996 as the Indians moved to Jacobs Field, which is now Progressive Field, and the Cleveland Browns, uh, well, they moved to their new stadium, which was Cleveland Browns Stadium. I'm not quite sure what it's called now. It, it might be Progressive Field. Not sure. What I do know after the uh, Baker Mayfield commercials is that the code to get into it is six. We hope you enjoyed this little bit of history in the sports break. Hope you'll join us each and every day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great sports history day.